0: welcome to the u-turn podcast this is the place to connect to who you truly are we're bringing phds experts and leaders to help you elevate your mindset in your work life and in your love life so that you can see things differently and truly love your world i'm ashley Stahl. i'm a career expert author and tedx speech writer and booker and i'm excited to bring you in to this week's episode Hey U-Turn friends, it's Ashley Stahl here. And today we are bringing you a total U-Turn podcast throwback. We love bringing old episodes that got great downloads and a lot of inspiration and a lot of impact back to you. So enjoy without further ado. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Hey everybody, it's Ash here and I am on the U-Turn podcast with another week of my favorite topic which is love Um, and I figured who better to bring on than Nicole Moore who is a love coach and the creator of the Love Works Method and you know I've been hearing from some of you in my DMs saying that you're sick of dating and so I know a lot of you who are in relationships listen to this and I also know there's a lot of you who are dating and trying to keep the optimism going. So I figured we'd do an episode with Nicole here on what to do when you're sick of dating and how to handle that. So Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to dive in. Yeah, me too. And I know that a lot of people are going to relate to this. So I'm kind of curious to hear, like, what was your journey with love or what got you into this place? (laughs) Um, How long do you have? No, (laughs) I'm kidding. So
1: the brief version, it's it literally starts in the womb, you guys, like it starts in the womb. <laughs> so um, basically, long story short, I, I'm a twin. I was born premature. I was three pounds. They, the doctor basically told my mom, don't get attached to these children because they're gonna die, okay? This was in 1984. I don't know if doctors still do that kind of thing. But what happened was it created what I call a love crack for my mom. So basically, it was like this moment of deep-seated fear and terror, long story short. I never heard my parents say I love you to me until I was literally like 25 years old. And my whole life pretty much for a very long time was the absence of love, was this feeling of not being loved. And 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 it created a lot of drama in my relationships, a lot of pain in my relationships. And finally I decided, like I have to figure out how to make love work. <laughs> that's why it's the name of my company. I got to figure out this thing that's been the biggest pain of my life, but it was also the deepest desire of my life. I felt really motivated to figure it out and so along the way i got certified as a life coach i started coaching lots and lots of women in love and relationships and now it's grown into this amazing company but it kind of started with like you know they say your message your message or your biggest core wounds kind of can become the thing that you're able to help other people with the most
0: so good and you know i can't help but notice that when i go out to dinner with my friends and you know those of us who are dating it's like sometimes you find like little creatures on tinder or situations i've actually never been on tinder so i'm not one to say but you know, just like funny things on the internet uh, in the dating world. And I think there's a fine line between blocking yourself and being negative about it and also making light of it and laughing when it is funny. So I'm kind of curious, you know, just kind of getting into these steps, Nicole, for everybody listening who they're like, you know what, I am sick of dating and I want to get out of this, but I'm sick of it. It is what it is. So what are some steps that you can recommend starting with Stopping complaining, because I know that's your first step. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how can yeah. people even figure out that they are complaining? Because sometimes we don't realize we are. Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, I met my husband on Tinder. So I'm, that's amazing. I'm a big fan of online dating. But... People, you do have to stop complaining. Listen, I know it's like the most fun thing in the world to take a screenshot of something a creepy guy sent to you and send it to your friend with a bunch of sad face emojis. It kind of makes us feel good in a a way to complain about it. But when you complain about the situation, you're actually perpetuating that energy moving forward. So you want to think about when you're out with your girlfriends, how are you talking about your, your dating life, right? Are you talking about the negative things? Are you talking about what you're hopeful for? Are you complaining about men? and thinking they all suck and there's nobody that I'm ever going to meet that is what I want? Or again, are you speaking about your desires? Are you speaking about the good things that happen? Are you speaking about inspiring examples? So the best way to tell if you're complaining, if you're speaking negatively about your love life, look at how you feel about it. (laughs) Because if you feel crappy about it, then it's very probable that you've been speaking crappily about um, your love life. And when you go on this negativity diet, when you stop complaining, what happens is you're actually gonna have space to then focus on your desire, focus on what you do want. And I swear, then when your girlfriends are talking and complaining, you're gonna stop them. (laughs) And You're gonna be like, no, 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 don't bring me down. Like I'm trying to get to where I wanna go.
0: The longer it takes to fall asleep at night, the more stressed out I get about being exhausted the next day. For me personally, the Magnesium Breakthrough Supplement has helped solve my sleep problems from winding down at the end of a stressful day to tossing and turning and waking up groggy. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers has been such a game changer. Here's the thing. More than 75% of the population is deficient in magnesium. And what most people don't really know is that even if they're taking a magnesium supplement, they're probably still deficient because they're not getting all seven forms of magnesium. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers is the ultimate way to give your body all seven forms of magnesium in one supplement. And it's the only product on the market I know doing all seven of them. Not only does it help you sleep better, but Magnesium Breakthrough helps calm your mind and allows you to feel grounded and relaxed during the day and especially before bed. So don't miss out on the most relaxing sleep you can have with Magnesium Breakthrough. And for an exclusive offer for the U-Turn community, head on over to bioptimizers.com slash U-Turn. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N and use the promo code U-Turn during checkout to save 10%. Again, that's bioptimizers.com and the promo code Y-O-U-T-U-R-N U-Turn during checkout to save 10%. So good, okay. And so you kind of drew the line there because you were saying like, no, don't make light of it, don't laugh about it. It's it's all complaining. So what are some indicators? You said like the screenshot, stuff like that. Like what else is going on that sounds to you like complaining? Because I think sometimes complaining can be very sneaky in a conversation Mm mm-hmm
1: like i'll never find it what's wrong with me what's wrong with men? i'm spending another holiday single that kind of stuff all of the little insidious doubt that creeps in i really believe at the end of the day that every single person on this planet who has a desire for love the reason they have it in their heart is because it's meant for them but if you start watching this you're going to pay attention to How much you doubt in your own mind, whether it's you go on a bad date and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'll never find love, right? It happens all of the time, actually.
0: Totally. And, you know, one of my favorite things that I love that you've said is, you know, before we started recording was step two, you said date for growth. So decide that the outcome is certain and see you know, how interactions are bringing you forward, and they're a win every time. So I think anybody listening who's feeling really down with dating, and I've been there, it's like, okay, dating for growth, you know, like, they're just so tired. And so I'm curious, like, how can we switch our mindset on this and really start to see dating as a tool for growth?
1: Yeah, well, The reason I created Dating for Growth, honestly, is I did it for myself. Um, I became single after I had already built a love coaching business. And then I realized the person I was in a relationship with wasn't my soulmate. He was actually an emotionally abusive narcissist. (laughs) So there I was single as a love coach going... Okay, s h i t, right? I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I gotta figure my stuff out. I don't know if I can curse, but I gotta yeah, figure my yeah, you can do it stuff yeah. out. Awesome, shit! I gotta <laughs> figure my stuff out. And here's what happened. So I had the perspective already, having been a love coach for several years, of talking to women quite honestly that were you know further along than me in their fifties, sixties, you know, and hearing about how they decided to stop dating or they were so bitter about dating, and it honestly scared me. It made me realize if I keep with this mindset of dating sucks, it's not leading me to where I want to (laughs) go. Like it's never going to lead me there. And it might even lead me to being single for life. I know that sounds dramatic, but if you talk to enough women who are really bitter about their love lives, like I had, it'll kind of make you scared. So I thought, how do i make this fun how do i make this not a drag and drain on my life and i thought okay i can see that i'm winning with every single day if i can see that it's moving me forward i want to do it because we like taking action if we know it's going to move us forward towards our goal we hate taking action if it seems like it's pointless and it's not moving us anywhere and i think that's why people tend to hate dating because they don't see the clear link between their actions and their results. And the reason is because we've collectively decided as a society, I guess that the only measure of success in love and dating is if you're with the person for life, (laughs) everything else is pretty much a failure, right? And so we go out and we date and if the guy's not the one we feel bad. Mm. And so Dating for growth, you could just say dating for fun, dating to make yourself feel good, dating to make dating not feel like it's this shitty experience that's leading you nowhere. So when you ask yourself, okay, how is even like the guy sending me a dick pic on Tinder? How is that leading me towards the one? How is that leading me towards my guy, my woman, whatever it is that you want? At first, your brain's gonna go, I don't know, this is stupid, (laughs) I hate this, what are you talking about? But if you sit there and you keep asking the question, how is this leading me towards the one? What's going to happen is the mind always likes to answer the questions that you ask. It doesn't like uncertainty. You're going to find the way or you make the way. So you could say, well, this guy on Tinder who's sending me a dick pic, you know, bless him because at least he's open about what he's wanting. Right. But. It's really showing me even more that I want a committed man. It's really showing me even more that I'm done with hookups. I don't care about this. I want a committed man or woman, right? Whatever your preference is. And then you could just say, I'm not gonna let this experience take me down. I'm gonna let it be something that I use to focus on what is it gonna feel like when I'm with that committed person. And then the experience hasn't made you go towards the negative side. You've used it to go towards the positive side. So that's just an example. But if you date for growth, you actually will get there faster than if you just spin in your own, self-created negativity if that makes sense
0: and i know that it can be quite the vortex we can create for ourselves so Mm -hmm. i'm curious like what are some processes that you can offer somebody who maybe they just got off of a date and it really sucked you know and they're trying to look for the positive they're trying to see where they grew what can somebody kind of do given that you have so much mastery here
1: yeah. So there's basically like different different growth you can look for. So one of them is contrast. It's really showing you the, what you don't want, right? Which is really helpful. When you know what you don't want, you know what you do want even more. So you could just decide the purpose of this day was simply to show me contrast. It was to help me figure out even more what I was wanting and then you could feel good. Or you could look for you know, like the emotional triggers because sometimes that's helpful. Like if this is the 10th date in a row that you've gone on with a guy who doesn't want marriage and kids and is totally unavailable and you want it, it's kind of feedback, <laughs> right? So you could say, you know what, this date sucked but it's revealing something within me that I really wanna shift. It's revealing that I have a pattern of attracting unavailable people. And you might not even know how to shift it, but just that awareness. You could go on YouTube, you could Google, right? Unavailable men. You could go on my YouTube channel. There's a million resources. So that date served the purpose of illuminating the thing within you that you need to heal. Sometimes dates show you that you've set a new standard. Like you've changed, you've grown, you're not available for the same thing anymore. You attract in a guy who maybe he's unavailable and you're like, I'm not even hooked by this anymore. Like go me, like I have grown, I have changed, right? Sometimes dates show you what you want. Like I remember one time I went and it wasn't even a date. It was like a friendship kind of date with this guy. And I, you know, we're at La Pan Cotillienne. I don't know if you know what that is, but whatever. It's a lunch place. And I ordered a tartine on gluten-free bread. And when it came, it wasn't on gluten-free bread. And Uh I was just gonna be a nice, I was gonna be nice and I wasn't gonna say anything. At the time I wasn't fully gluten-free, it was just a preference, right? And this man, when I said, I just said, oh, it's not gluten-free, he got up from the table, went and walked over to the waiter and got, not in a mean way, but he got her to change my order. And I thought, wow, like I really want my person that I'm with, my man, to treat me this way, mm. and I started thinking, what if I just always had that kind of level of treatment? Well, fast forward, my husband Mike, let me just tell you, he's Italian, he's very much like, eat something, <laughs> and if anything is wrong with my meal or anything, he would do that, but how did I get that? I that, that beautiful man that I went on one friendship date with wasn't the one, but he sparked something in me to say I deserve more. So those are just some examples of how you can really use these dates to grow forward rather than staying stuck
0: Mm, I love that and I'm curious to ask you about exes because I think that's an area where a lot of people learned a lot and maybe they have a struggle letting go of their ex or you know like they don't see what the positive was because like in your case you said you dated a narcissist and I would love to ask you more about you know signs of a narcissist and stuff like that Um, but I'm kind of curious, like, what is it about when somebody is not enjoying dating and they're not over their ex?
1: Yeah, I think it's like the human mind kind of just tends to, we tend to limit ourselves. Right. And so we kind of think that the best we've ever had is the best that we're ever going to get. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make in dating, especially women, but I'm sure men do this too. We confuse. This is the best connection I've ever had with this is the best that i will ever have because if you have a bad ex even like my ex who you know was totally narcissistic and emotionally abusive and he cheated on me with multiple women like even him that that, but the reason i was attracted was because there were some good qualities right like we, we never really fall for a completely horrible person we usually fall for someone who has a lot of good qualities that we can see and maybe they've also got some wounding, right? And um, stuff that later ends up hurting us. Um, but I, like, I remember being in that relationship and having that thought like, I could never get anything better. But the truth was, it wasn't that I couldn't get anything better. It was that at the time, I didn't believe I deserved anything better, mm. you know? So um, for anyone that's still pining over your ex, I invite you to just imagine the moment in the future when you're with your new partner who's so much better. And you look back at yourself now with a lot of compassion and love, going, oh, sweet girl or guy, whatever. Like, it's so cute that that's what you thought you deserved. Like, that's what I do. When I look back at my former self, I'm like, it's just funny that I thought that was the limit <laughs> you know what I mean uh-huh. but you can just project yourself into the future and feel that feeling even if you're not with that person the feeling you would have if you were fully over it and you're with your dream partner and you're just like oh sweet girl <laughs> I love you I'm sorry you didn't know that you deserved more at that time but I'm glad you do know you deserve more now
0: beautiful okay and um I don't know just kind of before we get into further steps and i know those of you who listen often take notes so number one stop complaining number two date for growth but just kind of to take a little tangent with you nicole because i love this topic of narcissists i've dated one and it was kind of a mind-blowing crazy making as it is experience so i'm curious um For ladies who are listening, who maybe they're in a relationship that isn't working right now, maybe they're thinking about becoming single, maybe they're dating and they're not spotting some signs. Like, what are some signs that somebody is with somebody that is not healthy? Uh, Because I know there's complaining about dating, and then there's encountering somebody that is toxic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I would say you feel bad. So a lot of times with narcissists or even just somebody that has wounding or is like a wound mate, not a soulmate, you feel good in the beginning because there's this feeling of like this person is giving me something. I know when I attracted in that narcissist, I didn't feel fully complete on the inside. You know what I mean? Um, I still i was working on myself and it felt like oh i'm feeling complete now like that whole like you complete me bullshit, you know but i felt it i'm feeling complete now when i met him and we kissed the first time we were shaking and i remember i lived in new york city at the time and for two weeks i swear to god i was walking into walls i was walking into subway walls it felt like i was high but if you feel high in a relationship that is usually a key indicator that that is not actually a healthy person for you to be with because, hello, drugs make you high, too, and they are not good for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? So um, I confuse the high feeling with love, and I think a lot of women do that. And there's a difference between my feet are off of the ground, my head is in the clouds, I'm feeling like maybe there's a lot of chemistry and excitement, but there's not a lot of stability, and I'm in stable love. My feet are on the ground, my heart is super open, I feel really happy, but it's not this crazy making energy so if you feel crazy in the relationship if you feel you felt good in the beginning but now you're feeling really bad and you don't know why and you're thinking like i just want to go back to how it was in the beginning if there's criticism in any way even subtle hints of criticism um that's not a good sign if you your intuition is telling you that that person is um, you know, lying and you confront them. And they, like, I remember one time I thought i had this feeling that my ex was cheating on me because he was, Mm. (laughs) and I asked him about it and he said, you're crazy. You are making this up. It was like, you know, kind of turning back on you. So if you're with somebody who cannot take responsibility for their actions, who it's always your fault and they can never look within and, and really hear you, hear your feelings, understand your concerns. Um, If it's up and down, topsy-turvy, if you don't feel stable, um, then you're probably in a toxic relationship.
0: Mm, So helpful. So helpful. And I think I'm curious, like, do you know what happens to the brain when people fall in love? Because you kind of made a good point. Like, it feels like it's drugs. And I think a lot of people feel that, though. And it's not always a bad sign. It's just like they're in love and it feels magical. So I'm kind of curious to understand where is it magic and where is it dysfunction. (laughs)
1: Well, real love is actually magic. So there's an author um, by the name of Bruce Lipton, and he wrote a book on this called The Honeymoon Effect, and he studied the effect of people in love. And what they found was that when you're in love, your brain is actually in this heightened state. Like you can think better. um, You actually kind of have more power than creative energy and creative juice. So real love is really good for you. But again, it's kind of, it really is like the difference between going for a a jog and having a 20 minute runner's high and it's endorphins and you feel really good and doing, I don't know, I've never done like crystal meth, but I can only imagine, (laughs) right? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And doing a drug where you, it's a high, but it's not this wholesome uh, feeling. It's not something that's ultimately good for you. So real love, it not only feels good. There's this, lasting good it's replenishing you keep feeling good it's not that you never have like a fight or anything like that but it's not like you start off feeling really good and then it degenerates and degenerates and it degenerates. whereas the fake love the toxic love the good feeling is usually um, fleeting little moments of that and then a whole lot of you know feeling bad feeling like crap
0: so helpful okay so You know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people aren't connected to themselves and they don't realize when they feel bad. So Uh, I'm curious uh what signs people who are listening now, like, for example, I read a book called The Signs of Happily Ever After. And I don't know if you read that book, but one study that it had in there was that usually friends are more hip to whether a couple is good news or bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, Because they are neutral parties just watching, you know, th- a couple. And it's not so much the dynamic that usually friends are judging by. They're looking at the human that their friend picked. They're looking for their integrity and all these qualities that anybody would want for a friend that maybe you're not noticing when you're in love. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like, you know, maybe your friends chiming in and being concerned could be an indicator. Um, What other indicators are there for maybe people who are in a toxic relationship or are dating somebody that's not good for them and they're not paying attention
1: yeah so well one of the biggest things is love is not all you need okay so likability is I'm not going to say it's the most important thing because love is important to you but likability is really important I don't know if you've ever been in this but like I I remember when I was with my narcissistic ex there are moments where I felt like I really loved Tim, but if i were actually look at it i'm like do i even like really really like you like there are so many things that i felt like i had to compromise on in order to be in that relationship mm-hmm. and it felt like i was always like but i love him but i love him but there were all these excuses right it's like the love became the most important thing but it wasn't focusing on basic things like are we compatible <laughs> am i being treated really well right do we have the same life vision is this the life i want i mean. Uh, He lived in, uh, you know, Maryland, which, uh, you know, whoever lives in Maryland, nothing against that. But I'm a New York City girl, right? Like it was just like not I live in San Diego now, but it was not like even the life that I wanted, you know, and I was seriously considering moving over there. Mm. So um, if it's not a great relationship, you have to sacrifice big parts of who you are in Mm. order to keep the love. That is one of the main things. If you can't fully be yourself, if you have to let go of huge parts of your life vision and what you would choose for yourself,
0: independent of this person, that's not the best sign. Okay, so this is a very slippery slope because... I think it's a fine line between looking at love and saying this is a vehicle for growth and I don't want to give up a part of myself and the line of, oh, wow, this person has something going on that I've never really explored and maybe I should think about, like, the way that I see it and change my mind about that. So... For example, um, sexual preferences, like maybe somebody wants an open relationship and the other person has never considered that. It's like, where's the line between them abandoning what they want and opening their mind to trying something new? Or, you know, the couple who, the guy lives in London and the woman lives in LA and, you know, he can't move because of work and she never really thought of that there, but maybe she loves him so much she kind of wants to explore and see if London is possible for her. So I'm kind of curious, like, how do we connect to ourselves and make these decisions of exploring something new versus abandoning ourselves?
1: Yeah, I think you just have to look at would true sacrifice of myself be required? Like for example, the person joining, uh, considering an open relationship, they might, if they try it and they really like it, then it would be an expansion of who they are. You know what I mean? So they would feel better as a result of doing it. You know what I mean? They might feel scared in the beginning and they might do it because, of, you know, they want to please the other person. But ultimately, in that scenario, that person would have to actually enjoy open relationships, in my opinion, right? Or else it wouldn't really work. And just like the thing with moving to London, um, the person who's moving, if they are going to move, quote, for love, what they would have to really consider is, what are the price of myself that I feel like I'd be leaving behind and can I create them over there? Because you all know what would happen if they didn't do that, right? They'd move to London, be completely dependent on their partner, <laughs> and then um, ultimately probably make their partner really unhappy. So I don't believe that love ever requires you to sacrifice huge parts of yourself love actually with the right person you should feel like you're becoming more of yourself and of course that person expands your mind they they bring new possibilities but it should always feel like i'm becoming better as a result of being with this person not i'm having to lose parts of me or i'm slowly losing who i am
0: and you know i also think love happens on different schedules right like some people slowly move into feeling comfortable with commitment other people want to date for longer so I'm kind of curious like for the ladies who are dating and wanting commitment it's like what words of wisdom do you have because maybe they met somebody that needs a little more time and Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that like what feedback do you have for those beginning stages where somebody can kind of pace themselves and do the best they can to create the most healthy love Yeah,
1: well, I think here's what you have to think about, because a lot of women, especially they take it personally, if they want to move forward and the guy doesn't want to move forward as quickly, you've got to think about this. If he was dating somebody else, would he still be moving at the same pace? And if the answer is yes, and it's really not personal. So what you want to look at is what part of me is choosing to take this, because usually women will say it's because I'm not good enough, right? (laughs) Like some other reason that's not actually true. If it's truly how this person is, if he would do it independent of if it's you or someone else, then there is no need to take it personally, right? But once you're not taking it personally, you can communicate that with that person. You can say, you know, it could be wrong, but it feels a little bit like we have different ideas of the pace of commitment and relationship. And I just wanted to talk to you about it to get you know, your sense of it. And and I want to share my sense. And you can kind of have a communication about it and bring it out in the open. That's a very different conversation than like, why aren't you giving me a commitment kind of energy? Mm -hmm. So clear the energy first, don't make it mean something about you. But then you can use your voice and speak up and communicate. You're not saying like, please commit to me right now, because I'm not going to be okay. But you can say, this is my vision. This is what the, the like this is what the timeline looks like. This is what I feel like a the progression of a relationship looks like. I'm curious to know your thoughts on it.
0: Mm, great. Okay. And um, you know, so kind of going back to the steps, we talked about what to do when you're sick of dating. Number one is stop complaining. Number two is date for growth. And then number three, you said just say yes to the maybes. So I'm kind of curious yeah. to learn a little bit more about this because I think a lot of people are very quick to say yep nope you know and i'm curious kind of what is a maybe for somebody or what are some signs that that could be a good maybe for them to go try on
1: yeah i think you just have to if if you're like "Hmm, kind of cute maybe you should just go on the date because again if you're not looking for this date has to be the one but it's just going to help me grow forward you can always find something so i'll give you an example um my husband mike on tinder i swear he's like lucky that i swiped on him because half his picture all of his pictures were either taught to the side or he had sunglasses on some of them he looked really hot like he had the cold modeling pictures from when he used to be like an actor and singer in la and some of them he did not look good he was doing this weird scrunchy face that he does sometimes when he laughs right and I, i remember looking at them and like um i don't know could he be cute maybe he has cross eyes and he's trying to hide that right like those are all the things that are going through my head But he had one line i mean tinder doesn't have a lot of text in the profile but the top line said keeping it zen and i'm a very spiritual person um and i just felt like huh maybe that could be a good conversation i like that he says keeping it zen and i went on the date fully thinking maybe he seriously is hiding cross eyes Because his pictures were all like to the side or with sunglasses. And if he is, I'm just going to go on the date. I'm just going to be present. I'm just going to meet this person and have a great conversation and use it for my growth. So you you really, especially if it's online dating, but even if you go to a bar, right, and you meet someone and they're like, hey, can I have your number? You don't really most of the time know if this person is your husband, your wife, your partner for life off of a profile or off of meeting somebody one time. So you, you just have to say like, yes to everyone who you feel like maybe they're cute maybe this could be a fun day um and then go from there because i've had a lot of clients for example who like um one of my clients who's now married the guy was living um i think he was living in queens or long island city and she was living in the city which if you're a new yorker that seems like a really far (laughs) distance but something in her said i don't know i should say yes even though her rule prior was I don't want to date anyone who lives farther away, and he ended up being her husband.
0: Hey, U-Tuners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Career Clarity Lab the online course to help you find your career purpose in the workforce and upgrade your confidence. So if you're ready to unlock the best career path for you, and you'd like to try a free version of our Clarity course, just head on over to u-turnpodcast.com slash Clarity. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N com slash Clarity. Now let's get back to this week's episode. As far as saying yes to the maybes go, I think attraction often can just be there or not. And I'm guessing that you probably have something different to say about that because I think a lot of people are quick to say, yep, it's there or no, it's not. So what feedback do you have for somebody listening who's dating right now and they're pretty discerning about their yeses and nos, and maybe they could stand to have a few more maybes come in? Yeah, I
1: think, okay, here's the thing. Um, You can always get what you want in terms of, if you have this checklist of all the things that you think need to be in your ideal partner, and they need to be this attractive, and blah, 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 blah. You can always get the essence of what you want, right? But it doesn't always have to come in the form that you think it has to come in. So I'll give you an example. Before I was dating, um, I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I love entrepreneurship. I love, I'm a growth-oriented person, obviously. I love creating goals and going after it and, and doing bigger things every single year. So my mind was telling me, you should be with an entrepreneur, like, that's going to make sense for you. This is your lifestyle, blah, 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 blah. But what I really wanted in that was somebody who's growth oriented, who's driven, who's going to grow and expand. So I go on a date with Mike and he's selling life insurance, which doesn't necessarily equate, right? But actually... The way he did his job you wouldn't even believe it right he won R- rookie of the year that year he went after it with this passion and this intensity and this fire he really made it happen and he has that drive long story short now he's working in my company and you know he's like an incredibly hard worker but he has the quality of what i thought needed to come only via an entrepreneur if that makes sense yeah so Focus on the content, not the frame, as A Course in Miracles says, like, focus on the content, focus on the feeling, how you want to feel, um, not necessarily how you think it should look. In terms of attraction, though, let me just say, you got to know who you are, right? I'm the kind of person, like, I am a very looks kind of person, <laughs> you know, I just am. So I always had a physical attraction high on the list, and I knew myself enough to know, if I don't feel physically attracted, it's not going to move forward but some women, some men, the attraction can grow over time. So you kind of gotta know who you are. Um, and I think everyone is different on this this case for sure. Mm,
0: so helpful. Um, okay, so just kind of thinking about your steps saying yes to the maybes being step three. Um, number four you said what does my heart want and need versus the mind I think this is huge so many people especially on this podcast I've heard it time and time again where people say come up with a list write down what you want your person to be and I think that that could be very helpful and it can also be a way for us to just live in our head and write down all the mental constructs of what we think we want versus what we actually need so I'm, I'm curious on what your feedback is here for people to get connected to what their heart wants
1: yeah. So a good place to start is uh, if you think about like your childhood, actually, we're going all the way back now. <laughs> right. Um, this is the truth. Most people today, at least, they even if they had loving parents, they feel that they that their parents fail to love them in some very key, important ways. Right. They didn't listen. They didn't tell me they love me. They didn't do this they Didn't do that. Right. And if we don't address those pieces, what happens is that we tend to look for partners from this place a lot of the time of like, I I need this, like my father abandoned me. So I need to attract someone who's always going to be here and I'm terrified of being abandoned, but then I end up attracting in people who are unavailable kind of thing. So you want to look at what do you feel you didn't get? Um, And then you want to, there's this energy of not, I need this to be okay, but there's an energy of. I understand that now, now, as an adult, I do deserve to be loved in this way. And to me, those are the most important qualities. Like, I wrote on a list of, like, five things that I felt like I would have loved from my parents. And it was simple things to me, but there were things I didn't get at. Now, the difference is, before, I was dating unconsciously, where some part of me kept trying to get these things and trying to get these things and trying to get these things, but I would attract in people who could not give these things to me, Right when I decided from a place of self-worth these things are important to me I deserve to be loved in the way I deserve to be loved and I will not date anyone who does not bring these qualities in what happened was that I attracted in somebody who could give them to me in abundance so instead of looking at the qualities like he makes I don't know six figures a year and he's six foot four whatever I want you to really think about what are the ways that I need to be loved what are the things that a partner would do in my life that would help me feel, you know, X, Y, Z, the feelings you want to feel. And look at that because ultimately a relationship is that a relationship is your communication primarily with someone over a very long period of time and the things you do together and the sum total of that, how you feel about that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a relationship you guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you pick someone that, when you're communicating with them over a long period of time and when you're doing things with them over a long period of time, you feel how you want to feel. So you have to start with the feeling first, not with what your mind thinks you need in order
0: to be happy. Okay. And I think a lot of people don't really know what their heart wants. So what are some starting points for people who are listening right now thinking, okay, that sounds good, but I don't even, you know, I don't even know what I actually need now that I'm thinking about it, you know?
1: Yeah. So I would look at what you didn't get. (laughs) I would look at the the past relationships if you've had them that didn't work. What what was missing? What were you longing for? What were you not having? And then I would look for um, examples. Like I would really, and it doesn't even matter, like you could just think that these people have it and they have it. Like you might look at Meghan markle and prince harry and think i don't know you can make it up right he treats her like a queen we don't know if that's happening but if that's your perception that's what matters right so start to look for examples if you see a happy couple um on facebook or on instagram don't make up a story that they're better than you in any way or anything like that but look for what do i think they have like why am i excited about that example what lights me up about that example and start writing it down the inspiration is going to lead you to the answers to what really, really, really is important to you specifically.
0: Mm, So helpful. Okay. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of bought into for a long time in my life was what my, my mind thought that I needed. And that got me stuck in my career, which, you know, now uh, having courses on how to get a job and how to figure out the right job for you. It's like, I've gotten closer to my heart in my career um and i think in love we all get hurt you know whether it's through dating or through our upbringing and our parents not giving us things that we really we needed and they didn't know or they did the best they could and they couldn't give it to us um and so i'm also curious like not just looking at the things you didn't get or um the feelings you want to have but When it comes to like writing down a list or any exercises you can recommend, what can somebody do right now who's home and kind of wants to go deeper into this? Like, other than, you know, writing that list of who they want, or maybe you have a way of doing that list, what are some exercises that you recommend people do to really connect to this?
1: Yeah. Well, I do have a way of doing the list that I really like. Yes, do (laughs) tell. I would love it. It's not just writing the list. (laughs) But so you take a Word document or you can write it down and you write your, I call it your I deserve and expect list, okay? So this is everything you deserve and expect from your ideal partner in terms of how he shows up or how she shows up and how they treat you, okay? So what it looks like is things like like I had on my, um, my list, I deserve and expect a partner who's a team player. For example, when I cook, he offers to do the dishes, right? I deserve and expect um, a man who sees me as a goddess and treats me as a queen. I deserve and expect a man who is like really family oriented and has an amazing heart. So you are throwing in some qualities there, but it's more about like kind of how this person is showing up for you, kind of how this person is showing up for their life. So you can go buck wild on this list. I don't care. Put as many things as you want. But then here's the important part. After you do this list, you want to go through it with a fine tooth comb, and you want to highlight. And I did it in pink. <laughs> any color you want highlight the ones that you don't feel you're currently embodying that you don't feel you're currently bringing so for example if you want a man or woman you know whatever to treat you like a queen or king if you want that are you doing that for yourself are you embodying that if you want a man who is abundant you don't have to have like a million dollars in your bank account but do you have an abundance mindset with money are you working on that so the i deserve and expect list it's not just some wish list to the universe or whatever, it's your way of saying, am I aligned for this? Am I a match for this? Am I being the kind of person that would be a match for this? And then you just go down the list and whatever ones are highlighted, you don't feel bad and wrong about it that you're not there, because you're a human being and we're all growing, but you just look at, okay, let me take one of these qualities. If I want a person, if I want a man to treat me like a goddess, what's one thing I could do today to start embodying that energy? And what's going to happen is over time that I deserve an expect list, you're going to go from feeling like it's a wish list to feeling like, of course, I'd have this in my life. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'd have someone. And that's really when you start getting, you know, attracting in those people, those higher level people, the quality men or women out there. It's not when you think, I want this. I really need this so badly. It's when you feel like, of course I would have a man or woman in my life who shows up in this way and who treats me this way that's when you get that person
0: okay so what I want to ask you about is this concept of attracting because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people you know especially if they're not the most spiritual they think like what does that even mean you know like is there like a little like a bee with honey like honey wafting off of you that attracts (laughs) do you know what I mean like I'm curious to understand attracting doesn't mean that you're just start noticing other types of people because you're in a different energy with yourself. Does it mean that other people start noticing you and coming walking closer by you? Like, what does attracting uh-huh. really mean to you? And what is this role of deserving and believing you are worthy of something play in that?
1: Yeah. So to me, you really are attracting. Meaning To me, when you focus on certain thoughts, when you focus on certain feelings, when you feel worthy of certain things, it's like they start coming into your life. Like my clients will literally tell me it's like a whole new crop of men showed up on Tinder or (laughs) started asking me out. So it's literally like there's a new train of people that comes into your life and they get off the station and all of a sudden they're in your life. That's what I mean by attracting. It's attracting is deciding because we all have... Um, the power of focus, we all have the power of attention. We all can say, with my mind, I'm gonna focus predominantly on this thing. With my feelings, I'm gonna predominantly feel how I would feel if I already had that thing. So attracting, or some people say manifesting, is simply deciding. There are billions of possibilities out there. There's a possibility that I meet my soulmate, there's a possibility that I stay single forever, there's a million possibilities in between. What I want to do is place all my energy and all my focus and really bet on the one that I want. And so the more you focus on that, the more you feel it, the more you start to attract an experiences that are like that, you know, they say like, like attracts, like <laughs> in the law of attraction community and all the manifesting, but you know, it really just means you're a human who can bet on a certain possibility. Mm. You can put as much attention on that and bring it in. Mm. So... When you start doing this, what you're gonna start to see happen is usually you see little trickles. So let's say you you decide, I'm gonna wake up every day and I'm gonna focus on the energy of being with my soulmate. And I feel that with everything in my being. And I'm gonna notice when my thoughts are negative and I'm gonna stop it. I'm not gonna complain. I'm gonna keep bringing my mind back to this idea. I am with the love of my life and it's so amazing. It's better than ever before, whatever, right? You're going to do that and you're going to do that. And you're going to start to see signs. You might just see the whole guy right away, but you might start to see signs. It might get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Or people start treating you better or even your coworkers are treating you better or whatever. Um, your job is to look for the signs. Mm-hmm. Your job is to notice how it's working. Your job is to create the evidence for yourself, hence dating for growth, right? Your job is to create the evidence for yourself that
0: it's working mm, I love the that with attraction yeah and I've definitely experienced this myself you know like I had a string of unavailable men who never could commit they would go deep with me and the next thing they knew they couldn't hold it or they couldn't show up for it or they couldn't make time for it next thing I knew I really called an end to that and I kept getting guys who wanted to go deeper and it's just been improving ever since So Mm -hmm. I, I totally understand what you're talking about. And so, okay, those of you taking notes, number one, stop complaining. Number two, date for growth. Number three, just say yes to the maybes. Number four, figure out what your heart really wants. And then number five, I love this one, Nicole. How can I elevate the person in front of me? So be the love. What does that mean?
1: yeah so i'm a big fan of a course in miracles which is just um you know it's a spiritual text and one of the things they say in there is to have give right there's this concept that if you're wanting to uh, have something in your life the first step is giving it why because if you're giving something you feel abundant in it right if you are giving love that automatically means you feel abundant in love so uh most women do this i don't know about men but most women they're dating and they're just thinking about, what can I get from this person? Can I get commitment from them, right? Like, can I get what I want? And we're literally coming to the relationships as beggars. We're literally saying, I'm empty of this thing. I don't have this thing. You need to give it to me, right? And then we go anxious, we go to crazy town, lots of crazy things happen. So if you put your focus on every date and even in the relationship of, who can I be for this person? So by interacting with me, they are elevated, they feel better about themselves, they become closer to who they really are. When you focus on that, you are being this energy of love. It's incredibly powerful, I'll tell you. When I first started dating my husband, Mike, I'm not kidding you, all I focused on was that. How do I be the woman who he feels more accepted than he's ever felt in his entire life? He feels more respected, more safe, more secure. Like even if we never keep on dating, I wanted to be that for him and really like everyone I was dating. But guess what happened? I mean, he asked me to be exclusive on the third day. I said no. <laughs> That's I He need more time. But when you're being this energy of love that most people are not being, when you're saying, I'm so full of this energy, I'm so certain I'm going to get what I want, that you don't actually need to give it to me because if you don't give it to me, I already know I'm going to get it. So if I don't need to get something from you, because I know I'm going to get what I want, in this case, being with love in my life, you can just give. Mm. You can just be. You can just, like, be a light for that person. But then the effect of that is, hello, they want to be around you more. So you do end up getting what you want.
0: Okay, so this is actually something that I love talking about because I think it's slippery slope of being generous versus giving because you expect something back or giving because subconsciously you want to be more lovable or stand out versus being the love because you want to be the love. So I'm curious, like, how do people connect to themselves and not go down that slippery slope where they're just doing it for their own ego or for their own desires of wanting to be feeling more important to that person, you know what I mean? Wanting to win them over. Yeah. Um, How do we navigate that?
1: Yeah, and the caveat I should say here is please don't think that if you just be love, you can get like a narcissist or a totally unavailable or unavoidant man to change. Like we put those men in a separate category. The avoidance, the unavailable, the narcissists, the abusers, just say bye (laughs) to those kind of men, okay? So I'm not talking about um, those kind of men. But here's the thing. The reason you're being loving is not to get it's because it feels like the best version of you when you're loving it feels the best to you when you instead of judging someone when you try and understand them you feel better to you when you communicate in a loving and curious way instead of an attacking or um you know nagging way or whatever it is it feels better to you when you focus on the good in someone we're not saying like completely put your head under the rug and ignore stuff but when you focus on the good in someone instead of like finding reasons to at them and be critical it feels better to you so the whole reason you want to be love the real reason is because it feels better to you but the side effect and the benefit of that is that when you're in this energy
0: people end up wanting to give you what you want to (laughs) Um, I'm so curious like as we're closing up like are there books or resources you recommend or just different things that you think or or pieces of wisdom that you just want to impart to people as we are completing yeah. So
1: there's a book that I give to like every single one of my clients that does one of my higher level programs. Um, I think everyone should read this book. It's called The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz. And it's just, just like a real deal breakdown on, to me, it's like real love. <laughs> like if you really want to love, you should read this book because that book is all about um, being love. It's about letting other people be themselves. It's about um, being able to be the kind of person that can find the right partner for you. So I would definitely pick up that book for sure.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nicole. How can everybody find you, follow you, learn from you? Yeah. So you can find me at my
1: website at loveworksmethod.com. I also have a podcast. You can find it on iTunes, um, Love Works with Nicole Moore. Um, You can find me on Instagram at at Nicole Moore Love and the Facebooks, all of those things. Um, And YouTube, I have a bajillion videos on finding love, negative love patterns. I mean, you name it, it's all on there.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-turns. We'll see you next week.
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Leila hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose.